<clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning in on a special, uh, let's say, Thursday edition of the Chef's Meal. Today, we have Brian from the Happy Mama Village podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? Yeah. I am great. Now, most people will actually get, um, let's say, confused because I said Brian. And in a woman's voice, is right. actually on the other side. <laughs> right. It's like a surprise. <laughs> it's like a surprise. I was mentioning, um, I was mentioning to you earlier that my first name is actually Kirsten. So that's most typically to a girl's name. Or actually, right. you know, I get the, um, when I, when I tell my name is Kirsten, they're like, is it Kristen? Yeah. And that annoys, that annoys me ever so slightly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, most people don't pronounce my name correctly when they read it. And then when I'm face to face and I say, my name is Brian, I always get that like hesitation, like, wait, <laughs> wait, what? What did you say? <laughs> and I'm, I'm usually always shaking their hand at that point and they don't let go. So it's like they have to figure <laughs> out what my name is before they actually let go of my hand. So, yeah, I every time I say my name, it's like it's a Brian, like the boys, like the boys name. <laughs> you know, and then uh, like without fail, almost every time they'll say, so what, what your parents wanted a boy? I'm like, <laughs> why would you assume that? <laughs> like, and so I had to go into the whole thing about, no, actually, if, if I'd been a boy, my name would have been something else. You know, mm. my parents weren't just lazy and we're like, ah, oh, screw it. You know, <laughs> she's a girl. We'll call her. We'll call her Brian anyways. You know, oh, they. Man. They, they could have come up with a, a girl name on the spot. So it's funny. That's okay. Ryan's fine. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. And I mentioned to you, uh, has anyone ever called you Brianne of Tarif? Yes, because all the time. That's, <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw your name, I was like, is it Brianne of Tarif? And then, you know, of course, Game of Thrones because... It just kind of aired and everybody was disappointed, but... Right, right. I could We could spend the entire podcast talking just about that. I'm, uh, I'm super fanatical about it. Now, okay, I don't, I don't want to stab too much into it because we, we're going to put it into food, but <laughs> <laughs> I think the season eight in its entirety is the season finale. That's how I viewed it, and it made sense. Most people, when they're mm. saying season finale... They're thinking that one episode that is like the turning point, everything, boom, 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 because that's how uh, regular TV is. You know, when they say season finale, a lot of happen in that okay. one episode. Okay. But um, if you kind of view it in a whole, in its entirety, I think it makes a lot more sense. Okay. That's interesting. It's wrong, but it's interesting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, okay. So I am of the, I am one of those. Um, survey I, I took i uh signed the petition i'm a petition signer <laughs> that wanted them to remake the final episode at, oh, in no. joke i mean i know that they won't but mm -hmm. i felt like all of season eight was a cop-out it was a sellout it was a give up it was a you know hey junior writer you write this you know we're too busy <laughs> i didn't feel like it made much sense at all. There was a whole lot of season eight that I hated. I didn't think the writing mm. was as good. I didn't think the storyline was as good. But then when you get down to the final episode, I, it was such a hot mess. I mean, it, it was, was just like, they were like, ah, screw it. 
<laughs> We've been paid. You know, it's kind of like paying a contractor before they do the work. I kind of uh, feel like that's what happened. You got shoddy work because they'd already been paid. They'd already become famous. They'd already moved on. So I, I was super disappointed. In fact, my husband and I had watched uh, the series together. Uh-huh. And had binge watched a lot of it because we didn't really start watching it live until season six, maybe. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Okay, so that's when we got into it and we started watching it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and nearing the end of season eight, we were like, hey, let's go back now. And once once it's over, let's go back and rewatch it. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, because there's so much I think that we had forgotten. There's so much of the storyline and stuff like that. Um, that once the last episode aired, we, I, we were both so done. We were like, I, it, <laughs> "You ruined it for me." Now I don't even want to go back and enjoy it. I, I don't want to oh. go back and watch this this series that I loved mm-hmm. now because you've totally ruined it. N- none of it makes any sense to me anymore. It's just it's ruined. Yeah, I was, could, I was bitter. I, think, I was a bitter Betty. No, no, for about I, a week. I was. We were bitter too. My <laughs> wife and I were just like, "What the hell's going on?" But you know, you kind of take it with a grain of salt, you know. But I, I think season one and two were the best of the best on um, on Game of Thrones. But like I mentioned, we digress. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I could talk forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Now, if you don't mind, um, can you just talk about uh, why you named your podcast the Happy Mama Village Podcast and why you started a podcast? Sure. So I co-host it with another life coach named Annie Annie Henderson, and we wanted to provide some tips, resources, support for mamas out there. Mm. And the reason why we chose mamas is mostly because we are mamas. <laughs> That's helpful. Uh, we kind of know what we're talking about. But but also my focus in my life coaching is primarily for women, women who are recovering from a divorce, a relationship loss, uh, a breakup. So my life coaching is really focused on women uh, Annie's life coaching practice is focused on parenting and families. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so mixing the two, the Happy Mama Village, that's that was just sort of a perfect mix for us. I so we both we both bring our kind of strengths to the table. And then um in terms of why and how, did you guys just kind of like, hey, I think we should do a podcast together? Right. So The podcast idea was to kind of get our message out there to really grow our life coaching businesses. Um, I guess that's the, (laughs) it's not real exciting, um, but that's, that's sort of one of the avenues that we chose. Oh, it's, it's still a good avenue to begin with. Um, There's a lot of um, say social media things that you can kind of go about and Mm -hmm. uh, audio is more um, accessible, actually. If you just kind of pick up your phone, you can listen to a whole bunch of things without needing to be in the room or if it's a class or anything, whatever. It's the same exact thing. So a podcast in itself um, is really helpful if you're doing it that way. Right. And the whole reason that I, I won't speak for Annie, but the whole reason why I got into life coaching is because I did want to support people. I wanted to give back. I wanted to be a um an agent for change and 
So the podcast is a way to reach people. It's a way to support them. It's a way to encourage them on a, on a little bit broader scale. Hopefully. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly what it is. Now, a couple of food questions coming at you right now, if you don't mind. Um, what do you absolutely refuse to eat? Oh, okay. So I, I don't know if I'm a foodie exactly. Um, cause I'm not like a food snob. (laughs) I'm not really particular. Um, but over the last, as I've gotten older, I've developed some food intolerances. Okay. Like food sensitivities. So, uh, dairy is, makes me actually really super nauseous Mm -hmm. and I've got a gluten and a soy intolerance as well. Those just kind of hurt my stomach. You know, I got you. Mm-hmm. but dairy is that that one's a hard one. So for the last mm, four or five years, um, I really struggled with dairy. So I can't cheese is OK as long as it's kind of a hard cheese. But uh, anything that has like cream, cream cheese, sour cream, creamy soups, uh, things like that, milk, you know, I, I can't I can't have it. So I would. So right, so the answer is like ice cream. As much as I love <laughs> ice cream, it's just not worth it because I will just, yeah, throw yeah. up from like deep down in my toes, and no. that kind of takes the fun out of it. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, but something that I would refuse to because I don't like it would be beets. Beets, beets, and I, that's probably more psychological than anything else because the first time. Uh, my parents made me eat beets. I was probably 10 or 11 and I, I knew I wasn't going to like it. And <laughs> and I ate it and I threw up. So, uh, well, well, yeah, you got PTSD from it. Yeah. So it's totally, totally <laughs> PTSD <laughs> and I've never had a beet since. So, uh, ah, I would say I blame yeah. your parents. It's okay. Yeah. I'm going to blame my parents. They scarred me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Now, uh, did you know that ninety percent of humans in the entire world are, are uh, lactose intolerant? So I I didn't realize it was that high, but yeah. since forming the since getting this kind of intolerance, I've I've heard, started hearing more and more about it, and I, I think it's fascinating that and it kind of makes sense that. And, and give me and tell me if I'm wrong. I think we're not even supposed to have milk, Correct. like as humans, right? Like yeah, it's yeah. not a food that we're really supposed to digest. Mm-hmm. The, if you think about it, uh, just like us, our uh, your, the mother's milk is only supposed to be for her kid, so the right. kid can grow up. Just like the same thing as a cow, uh, that milk is only supposed to be for the calf, so it can grow up. So the the, the milk is not. It's not made for consumption, but we absolutely love it because it's so delicious. Like cheese, cheese gives you that. Um, cheese also has like an effect in your brain, and it's and it's proven, and it, you get addicted to it. Oh, I believe people, that. I believe yeah, that. Yeah, you for get addicted. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, we were just talking you, the other day. That's right, what right. I craved when I was pregnant. Was yeah. queso? Was cheese? Like crazy woman obsessed <laughs> with with cheese. You just wanted tacos and nachos. I got you. Yeah, nachos, nacho cheese, pretzels. Pre- the uh, the mall pretzels with the oh, cheese, those, yeah, yeah. with the fake <laughs> cheese sauce. That's what I wanted when I was pregnant. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Super healthy. <laughs> now, uh, in terms of PTSD, I have a story for you. So uh, the one food that I will refuse to eat, but it has to be in this form. So a long time ago when I was younger, 
and I'm talking about I was still in the Philippines, uh, my grandmother gave me um, okra soup. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and uh, just a little background um, in our family, whenever you don't eat your food, it will be there the next day, okay. the following, et cetera. That's just how it is. Okay. I kind of um, like that. I got to mm-hmm. say. Right. In our household. So when my grandmother uh, gave me the soup, it was like after school <laughs> or whatever. She's like, here you go. And I'm like, oh, okay, it looks kind of normal, sort of. Um, I go ahead and partake into this beautiful soup. <laughs> and um, I regurgitated the damn thing because it, it's okra. And I'm, I'm looking at her like, wow, what is this? She's like, it's just okra. So now my grandfather, who is within eye shot of me, I turn him. I was like, whoa, can you just help me out? Like, I, I, will, I, will, I don't want to eat this. He comes up to the table. He then jiggles the soup or like the little bowl and it's viscous. So it just kind of wobbles. And he's like, he goes, what the hell is that? <laughs> no, my grandmother kind of in tears. She's just like, I just found this deal, this ogre thing. He's like, he's not eating that. Come on. what What is this? Don't give him that. <laughs> So I got a pass for that one meal. Oh, uh, way to go, Grandpa. Uh, I cannot. So okra for me, I don't so, mind it fried or in a gumbo or okay. if it's properly used. Okay. But, but just don't give me this damn soup made out of that single the congealed, thing. congealed uh, okra soup. It tastes like boogers. That's what it was. That does not sound appetizing. <laughs> I think I'm going to also refuse to eat that as well. It's, it's, um, yeah. If you ever want to scar your children, just give them that bowl. It could be like, hey, you can eat this okra soup or you can eat this healthy sweet potato. Oh my God. There you go. They'll be <laughs> like, yes, the potato. Hashtag choices. <laughs> now, uh, have you ever eaten anything weird, as in proteins or anything? Uh, you know, we were just looking on YouTube about strange things, you know, to eat. And my husband pulled up uh, octopus, like live octopus, <laughs> where people eat live octopus. And That's I'm normal. totally, no, I'm, no, I'm totally out on anything that's alive, first you of all. You can't do live. How no. about raw sushi? No, I love that. That's fine because mm. it's not alive. I got it, I got it, I got it. Um, it's not moving. So anything that's actually moving in front of me is a no-go. I've got a super weak stomach, if you can't tell, because I've, oh, I've mentioned throwing up now, I think, 10 <laughs> times just since we've been on the podcast. Um, let's see. Weird. Probably the weirdest thing. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, alligator? Alligator's that bad. Maybe. I mean, I don't know that that's that weird, you know? Yeah. Um, it's not commonplace. Yeah. Alligator's. Yeah. Alligator would be on her. Yeah. Pro- yeah. So alligator, frog's leg, um, boar. I've had boar sausage. Ooh. But but I don't know that that's, those aren't that strange. I'm, I, I, so I guess I'm not very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, um, I asked that because I, I'm Asian. So my cuisine literally revolves around the weird things that you're mentioning, like the octopus. I've had that live. Okay. Um, I've had the the frog thing where it's kind of, eh, I don't want to mention it to you, but you know, that, yeah. that thing. Um, <laughs> other things that are kind of alive and stuff. I've had that and I think it's normal because that's what, that's what I, I, I grew up in. Okay. Okay. So my husband um, is half Asian. Okay. He, he's half Chinese. Ooh. But he was raised here. Oh, oh, oh. So, that's no fun. So I don't know that he's had a whole lot of weird things. 
but um, my my dad used to travel a lot to China and India for business years ago, and he'd come back and he'd tell us some of the things that he'd have to eat. And you know, just listening to the stories made me want to hurl. So, hurl? <laughs> <laughs> I would never. I I could. I couldn't. I I'd be. I'd be so. I would offend people left and right because I'd be like, oh. no, I can't. I can't eat that. I'm sorry. I can't even like, watch no. you eat it. <laughs> it's like no. It's red and jumping. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> oh my god. Now take me to um. Take me to an episode of what you guys kind of talk about in your podcast. Like what? Give me like an example. Okay, so we just recorded an episode on Monday that, that I loved. We talked about self-image um, mm-hmm. and focused on the those Dove commercials, the Dove Real Beauty campaign oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. commercials. And, you know, we chatted about that. And um, then this coming Monday, we're going to record uh, kind of a, a two-part, a part two of the episode on the series on self-image with an eating disorder coach. Mm. Um, and so she's going to talk to us about eating disorders and how to help our kids have better self-image, not develop some of these um, issues with food and, and, and body images that are so common. So that's one example. So that's a little bit more serious of a topic. Mm. <laughs> um, but then we had an episode on the Enneagram, which okay. are you familiar with that? I, I have heard of it. Okay. I'm not hundred percent. Okay. So it's a personality profile that talks about people's motivations more uh-huh. so than their characteristics. So I'm super into that. I, I think okay. it's fascinating. Annie was sort of a uh, bystander. She was a listener on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we've had some just with interviews, different people overcoming adversity. We've got mama tips. We've done a whole, we did a whole series on parenting, mm-hmm. uh, parenting tips, you know, about you know, technology and communication and, and different things like that. So we, we mix it up. It's not always, it's certainly not always the same, but it's just kind All of right. us chatting about <laughs> <laughs> that topic. No, no, I get you. That's my one fear. If like uh, my kid ever gets a, uh, an eating disorder, cause I, I'm a chef, so I will right. always give food. I will always bring food. I will always make food. Right. And if my kid ever gets to that point, I'm just like, oh no. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Right. Like, I just want to feed the guy. So, right. Ugh. That, yeah, that one would be hard for, It'd for be a really chef. hard. <laughs> Super hard. No, so, maybe you need even... to tune in. So, tune in yeah, <laughs> to our episode. I, <laughs> I need to make sure I don't scar my kid, you know? Right. I know. Aren't we all just scarring our kids probably left and right? <laughs> <laughs> that okra soup is going to make an appearance, though, yes. if he doesn't. <laughs> if they don't eat that one bowl of food that they have in front of them. Right, yeah. Now, do you guys uh, usually post on Mondays? Is that what you do? We do, we do. We we record on Mondays, and then we, we also post on Mondays, but... Um, it's not the same episode. <laughs> we don't oh, record. We no, don't no, record live. Um, but and then sometimes we'll throw in a bonus episode. Like tomorrow, we're going to have a bonus episode coming out, where uh, it's kind of a follow up to the interview that we had with a guest that was talking about overcoming adversity. Uh-huh. And in the interview, he had mentioned the quote by Theodore Roosevelt about the man in the arena. 
Uh-huh. And so Annie and I both love that quote. So we did a bonus episode where we kind of dived a little bit deeper into just that quote. I get you. And so we'll post that tomorrow. Yeah. I, uh, I actually do the same thing. I don't technically post uh, these right off the same week because I'm, I'm pretty much backed up. Uh, my goal is to have uh, just about 100 episodes of the, the guest special. I'm almost there. Um, awesome. But to get to it, it's kind of, you know, it's it's a little harder if you're just doing it live that week. But it's right. easier if you can kind of log it, per se. But anyway, um, have you ever done a fast? Intermittent fasting? Two-day fast? Yes. Fast? Okay, so I have done, in the past, I've done a fast for, I'm a Christian, so it's been okay. for a religious reason. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a 24-hour fast uh, which you know traditional where the whole point of it is that when you get hungry instead of turning to food you you turn to god you pray you meditate during that specific time period however i am on my second week of intermittent fasting so i am brand new to it and i just started it so yeah all right, Welcome so, to the group. Thank you. Okay, so uh, I would love to hear what you have to say about this because yeah, I'm so, so new to it. I didn't even know it was a thing, but I was wanting to lose some weight. I was mm-hmm. looking into some different options, and I saw this post on Facebook because Facebook listens to everything you say. Of course, because it does. <laughs> Big Brother is always listening. Uh, and there was something that popped up on my timeline for diet diets for people over 40. So I'm 43. Got it. And so I clicked on it, of course, and I read it and it talked about intermittent fasting and how really our, our metabolisms and just our body chemistry changes so much after 40. Mm-hmm. And so I've so I was like, okay, hey, I'll try that because I because since turning forty, I I have gained weight, and I'm just wondering, hey, maybe this is maybe this is the key. Maybe this is it. Yeah. yeah. So intermittent fasting. I've been doing the half intermittent. So for for two years, I was doing the no food after like for like ten hours. That's not really what okay. it is, but at the time, that's what I thought. Um, I could do, but okay. that's false. My body can actually do more. So this year specifically, for the past nine months now, I've done the full 16 to 18 hours. So okay. meaning I, I start eating at 11 and then I stop eating at 6 p.m. every day. And that's pretty okay. much it. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing. So I know that men and women are supposed to be a little bit different. So mm-hmm. men are, I think, 14 to 16 and and women are like 12. Mm-hmm. 12, 14, it, something like that. It just depends on um, your overall body percentage weight, uh, your your body percentage fat, etc. But b- besides any of all that, your body doesn't need um, the sustenance for 16 hours because it can provide for itself. That's exactly what intermittent fasting is. And it will reset um, your innards kind of per se, uh, the insulin levels, etc. So a lot of good health benefits. But I didn't even want to do it for weight uh, management or anything i just wanted to see if i can be better with um with my eating habit because being in the um, being a culinary uh, mm. professional we always eat like i i constantly eat because one i have to taste the food right right every time it comes out two um any size that come up i gotta make sure it, it tastes okay if we prep anything it, it's it's just a lot of consumption right 
um, but not all in bulk. So it's just like little bits here and there, checking in, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, literally at the end of the day, like around <laughs> 9 or 10 p.m. at night, you're like, wow, I've consumed so much food. But that's not even, that's just the picking at it. That's not even your meal. Right. Kind of, you know? Right. So now that I've been doing it, um, every day I have like a my own little uh, routine per se, right? 11.30, I'll have my oatmeal. Um, just a little whatever fruits or veggies that didn't get used up the night before. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of throw it in there. I'll have that in my meal. I last till about 2 or 3 p.m. I'll have, I don't know, a side or a fruit or whatever. That pretty much holds me up till about 4 or 5 p.m. Well, I have my one big meal. And for me, it works. Um, it should, you shouldn't really do it that way. But I'll have like, I don't know, three sides of vegetables. And when I say a side, I, I mean like, like a half a plate of either like spinach, potatoes, broccoli, okay. mushrooms or whatever I have in the restaurant. Um, <clears throat> and then my salad, uh, no protein, uh, like meat protein because, uh, we'll, we'll get into it in a little bit. Uh, usually tofu that I'll eat. And I'm like super satisfied by the end of 6 p.m. Um, I am good. I don't, I don't have to eat anything anymore until the next day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Interesting. So that's, yeah, similar, similar mm-hmm. to kind of what I'm doing. So my first meal is around 11, you know, 1030 mm-hmm. or 11. And, and I still, I love breakfast. Like breakfast mm-hmm. is by far my favorite food. It's group. important. Really <laughs> my important. food category. <laughs> and so I'll have, an omelet that has spinach and mushrooms, a little bit of cheese because I still love cheese. Because you love it so much. <laughs> um, and and a fruit. Mm. That's my first meal. Then again at um, 2.30, 3 o'clock, I'll have a protein and usually a salad or a vegetable. Mm-hmm. And then at 7, I'll have dinner, which again is... <clears throat> excuse me, is a protein, a vegetable, and, and possibly a starch in mm-hmm. there a little bit. But I, I try to stay away from starches. Um, I'm, I've am i also gone off bread entirely. So I went off Ooh. bread several years ago and had, you know, lost a lot of weight and mm-hmm. felt really good. My stomach wasn't hurting anymore. And then three years ago, Right after turning 40, <laughs> I started eating bread again. And oh, I really think no. that contributed a lot to my weight gain as well. I just think bread, mm. bread for me at least, is is a no-go. It's just it's not good for me at all. So right. I'm trying to cut that out as well. Have you ever had sourdough? Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Have you ever had sourdough? Sourdough bread? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. The reason I, I mentioned that, um, sourdough, and it's a different category in itself. Sourdough has um, probiotics in it just because the way it gets fermented, it's actually, it will help your gut um, to process the food even better. So if you are wanting to eat a little bit of bread, that is fine um, in proportion, but try to only eat sourdough. Okay. Interesting. I know. I'm giving you facts here. Because, I know. Um, that's that's what so I, great. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a profession. <laughs> all sourdough all the time now. I'm just kidding. All sourdough all the time. <laughs> hey, I, actually, um, 
I make my own sourdough here at the house also. Ooh. I know. I'm that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So are chefs, do, do chefs generally, I know this is a, a rash generalization, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but do they struggle with weight issues because they're eating okay, all the time? So here's, <laughs> here's the, here's what I like to, um, to, to mention, right? I, I'm pretty fit actually. I'm 230, um, 6'2". So okay. I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big dude, but I, I look, I don't know, how do you explain it? Like, um, like a muscly guy, kind of. Okay. Um, Solid. I look like a, I look like a triangle. That's what they kind of, <laughs> that's what my, uh, my staff used to t- uh, call me. Always have. But it's not even that. It's just, if you're, there's different levels into, uh, what I call chefing, right? Um, if you're just the line cook, uh, the people that you're actually, your staff, you're, you're on the line, you're cooking most of the time. Um, they, they tend to be skinnier because they're just, they keep on hustling and working, running around. Okay. Um, the kitchen managers slash sous chefs who are my usually second or third command, they don't necessarily need to cook anymore. So okay. they're just on the window. Like if you, uh, if you watch Kitchen Nightmares or, uh, like House Kitchen on, uh, on TV, like Chef Ramsay. Uh huh. Yeah. He's usually in the front barking. Okay. That's what the sous chef and the, the, the head chef usually do. Okay. They tend to gain a little more weight because one, they don't have to run around anymore. They're just kind of tasting the food and stuff. Um, and that's where that, I, I understand where you're coming from. So I want to say like a 70 30 rule, seven times out of 10, they will be a little more overweight. Okay. But there's that 30% that are still conscious about it. Um, that will do the extra mile, even though you're tired. Uh, we're doing like 12 to 14 hours a day, just standing, running around and stuff. Um, you're still going to the gym, doing that whole thing, eating right. And that's the, the other 30%. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I, I get it. I get it. Most though, most out of the time, they are, um, a little, a little over. Okay. Yeah. That would be a challenge. It's a challenge. No, it really is. It's crazy. Are you, have you tried vegetarian vegan? No. Ooh. No, because I like, I really like meat. (laughs) I am a carnivore. That is okay. And okay. So, but I did have a niece a couple years ago. She went vegan Mm -hmm. and, and this, and maybe this was just her, but it seems to me like the people that go vegan, their options, it just seems like you have so so few options that they end up eating worse. They do. You know? And so yeah. that's at least kind of what I noticed. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. So maybe vegan, they weren't just doing it right. Or <laughs> no, no. It's um, to be vegan, um, to kindly simply put it, nothing processed or animal. So that, right. that's what vegan is. And and you have to rely a lot, I would think, a lot on like tofu or soy. And if you if mm-hmm. you are soy intolerant, um, then that like really eliminates like <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Yeah, you're pretty screwed if you're yeah. soy intolerant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you can you can still opt for a vegetarian. Um but still it, it's I mean, okay, so here, here's why I asked that. My wife and I, I started this maybe four months ago. We do an 80-20 rule. 
Okay. And 80% plant-based, 20% everything else. Because one, I love pork. I mean, my my podcast name is Chef Salty Pork. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Can't live without Chef, it. Chef Salty Salad doesn't have quite <laughs> the same ring to it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But uh, so I still eat uh, meat and everything, but not as much anymore. Uh, we're also trying to get rid of all uh, red meat in our diet. Okay. Um, one, because it just, it makes my, it really makes my stomach hurt. Oh, okay. uh, I don't feel good about it. Uh, my wife also, um, she she flares up on her skin uh, when she partakes. But obviously, we still love dairy, so we'll still occasionally eat the cheese. Like last night, we had homemade pizza, which was delicious, and you know, I had to get some fresh mozzarella from the, <laughs> from the market. Uh, but definitely paid off for it. Uh, so 80 percent plant based, twenty percent everything else gives us the the headspace to still be able to eat the food that we like um, when we're out with friends and stuff. Um, but, you know, obviously, when I when I read the house or we can control it, we will try and make sure we only eat plant-based things. And so that's, so is that a, is, is that for nutrition or is that for like this your for opposed health. like animal cruelty type? <laughs> no, this is it. just a, this is just for health benefit reasons. Okay. Okay. That's it. Nothing Interesting. Else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I really love me some meat. I, it's okay. I would really struggle. I I think I would feel like I wasn't eating anything mm-hmm. if I was just eating I, I that's I guess that's what I struggle with with vegetables, is I feel like after you eat them, you don't feel like you've eaten. Got you. You definitely need that protein source a lot more. Like you need to have I think it's a it's a mouthfeel and a um, uh, more of like a like a cranial thing that's happening in your brain. Like you're just partaking on these vegetables. Yeah. Whereas the the, the meat and uh, but yeah. if you sub it with with tofu, tofu is great. But then again, if you're if you're kind of you know soy intolerant, <laughs> um, that limits your options way 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 much more. Yeah. So I've been so on this on this diet now for for two weeks. I've you know really cut out a lot of the condiments or dressings or extras, you know, that, that aren't, um, you know, meat or vegetables Mm -hmm. or fruit, you know, so I'm trying to eat cleaner. And so last weekend, my husband smoked salmon. Ooh. Uh, It was so good. (laughs) Like I've been eating it every day. Like I'm not tired of it. I guess I can, I, I can, I can eat the same thing. Really, I can eat the same thing every day and not get tired, tired of, it. of it. You know, like yeah. if I always have, and I don't mean for every meal, but like every morning I have an omelet. Every mm-hmm. afternoon I have a smoked salmon salad. Every night I have, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I don't struggle with that at all. I don't get bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if I like it, then yeah, I could eat it like constantly all the time. So smoked salmon is like right now, like my obsession. No, I'm with you. You and I both. I can do the same thing over and over, and I I, I won't get tired of it. Um, and even if I do, I'll just say to my brain, "I was like, you have to eat this." <laughs> <laughs> and that okra soup kind of comes back. And I'm like, okay, fine. I just eat this. <laughs> awesome. So there's some benefits from that PTSD a long time ago. 
uh, <laughs> that happened for me at least. Um, oh my goodness! Now, organic or not? So the answer is no, but okay. it's kind of a complicated. Or I feel like I have to explain. I am like super cheap. I'm super <laughs> thrifty, which really drives my husband crazy sometimes because he's like, oh my gosh, just pay a little extra. So frugal <laughs> like, no, is the word you're looking no, for. No, I I'm so like IKEA pretty much sums me up. Like if hey. I can if I can do it myself and save a little money, then You'll that's what it. I'm that's what I'm gonna do. Even if it takes me ten hours of my time <laughs> <laughs> to do it. And I still saved five bucks to me. That just makes sense. Not to my husband. Uh-huh. He's like, okay, but those 10 hours, how much, <laughs> how much <laughs> could you have gotten paid? <laughs> you know, you lost money on that deal. Uh-huh. But yeah, so I'm super cheap, super frugal. That goes back probably to me being a single mom for, mm. for many years. And so organic, well, I think, huh, that sounds like a marvelous idea. <laughs> I can't pay for that. You can't do it. I can't Heard do it. it. So, yeah, yeah. so while I totally think it's amazing and we should do it, I guess I just don't love my children enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, or, or myself, I suppose, to pay oh, for the, the organic food. So that is a really non-popular point of view, probably. Got it. The reason, <laughs> I, the reason I bring that up is because not, not a lot of people know – um, organic. So here's a little knowledge for you, just in case you didn't know. Okay. Um, there's three different levels. Are you going to make me feel bad about? No, I am not. I am not. So there's three different um, levels per se, right? And uh, unless you're in the business, you you wouldn't know this otherwise. Uh, when you say farm raised, that's like level one of organic. Yes, they still kind of test. They still kind of put a little bit of the pesticides just to make sure that everything is okay. That's like your above grade regular items. Okay. And then there's then there's the organic stuff. Um, that is just about sixty five percent to seventy five percent, just by itself. But there's still a little bit of testing and pesticides still that run through the fruit and make sure you're okay. And then there's the USDA approved organic. That is the ninety two to ninety two to ninety seven percent. Um, organic like that's just it came from the ground literally at the other side and you're taking that risk uh for consuming that so just to kind of give you a perspective on what those verbiage is because the the usda have a um a funny way of explaining things because one they're in the market of selling food they want to sell the food yeah yeah uh but two they don't want to tell you um they, they just want to, they're just like lawyers, kind of, you know, they just want to tell you enough that it's true and then leave off the rest. And it's really annoying and people should be more aware of that. Well, okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I kind of take the don't ask, don't tell. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> view of my food, like, which is, I know, super unpopular and I'm sure makes me a horrible person. But, like, I just don't want to know. I really don't. <laughs> I don't want to know that you're torturing baby calves because that's going to ruin. Aww. That's going to ruin. It's going to ruin it for me. And that's got all it, I care it. about. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, don't ask, don't tell. I'm happier probably not knowing. A lot of people wouldn't. 
Yeah, because if they if they knew exactly how it's prepared, um, or how how that meat gets to their table, most people will be like, "Ugh." Yeah, I don't want to know. No thanks. Yeah, <laughs> and I really want to like my food, so <laughs> I don't want to give it up. So please don't tell me. Don't tell me okay. what happens to salmon. I won't tell or you. Whatever. I was at, I was gonna tell you. I was gonna link you. Uh, <laughs> A video. <laughs> Animal torture. Actually, okay, I, this is a great example. I Just the other day on Facebook, I saw something about some dairy company. I, I'm not going to say the name of it because I don't mm-hmm, even remember mm-hmm. what it is and I don't want to get sued. But um, <laughs> something farms, uh-huh. which really narrows it down. But there was an expose on these people who went undercover and the abuse on these baby cows, these calves. And I watched it and it was heartbreaking. It made me so sad. And I was like, well, thank goodness I don't drink milk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to buy their milk, which I don't really buy milk anyways. I buy a little bit of milk for my kids. But you know, that's one of those things. Like, I don't want to know. I really don't want to know. Don't tell me. I'm going to stick my fingers <laughs> in my ear. No, 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 I can't hear you. Don't tell me uh, the bad things because I just really, I want to pretend like they're all living wonderful lives in pastures. <laughs> well, the uh, the Wagyu meat they do. Okay. Have you ever seen that? I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the, it only comes from that one place in Japan. Uh, Wagyu beef is the most expensive beef right. that you can purchase. And they treat them like kings. <laughs> These damn cows get like manicures. They get fluffs <laughs> year round. They only eat the best feed. Like, oh my good grief. Just the, the, just the care that these cows are given. And then when you partake on this meat, you see this incredible marbling. And you, you probably hear that a lot. On Food Network, the marbling, et cetera, et cetera. Right. It's just the mix of fat to um, to beef ratio or fat to protein ratio, and the the wagyu is the most um, the most known for. It it looks like a spider web, like the just the amount of fat that's in it because it's so they're like little tubby things. Have you ever seen wagyu <laughs> beef? <laughs> they're they're like little puff balls. They're oh my goodness. But anyway. I only have one more final question for you, Brian. Okay. Um, and this is kind of uh, what I call my kicker, per se, right? Because okay. now I, I understand how you eat. It will actually... <laughs> <laughs> it will make me better, actually. So the reason why I do this is um, I like to know how people eat, what they eat, and why. Because as a culinary professional, I want to make sure that I provide the best service uh, when I'm cooking meals for um, anyone any guest or whatever, just make sure that we cover all the bases. But anyway, the last question for you is, have you ever eaten Spam? Okay, I'm <laughs> not sure. <laughs> so I have, I, I have this very distinct memory of being a child in my childhood home in our kitchen that had uh it was the 70s or early 80s probably Mm -hmm. early 80s our cabinets were canary yellow oh nice and the countertops was white formica (laughs) and i believe the wallpaper was like corn or something (laughs) or daisies or something so (laughs) very very 70s very 70s 
And so I have this memory of a spam can and Ooh. and opening it and seeing the jelly mm-hmm. <laughs> that's at the top <laughs> of it. And that's where my memory ends. And, oh, wow. and I asked my, I don't know what, I, this was a couple of years ago. I asked my mom, I was like, did we used to eat spam? And she's like, no, we've never eaten spam. And so I either feel like she's lying She's a dirty liar <laughs> or, or I just made this up. I don't, or somebody else. Maybe it was my dad. I don't know maybe. who made it behind her back. You know, we, <laughs> this is off the subject <laughs> a little bit, but the difference between mom cooking and dad cooking, and I don't know if this is true at your house. It's probably not since you're a chef, but uh-huh. I think there is a distinct difference between mom cooking and dad cooking oh definitely you know in a regular household yes absolutely. yeah because like my mom she she was the cook but if she was ever sick or say out of town and my dad was in charge totally different story like yeah, my mom was just like hot dogs or my mom would make uh cinnamon toast and it uh-huh. was always a little bit of butter a lot of cinnamon and a tiny sprinkle of sugar, right? That's my Mm -hmm. mom's. When my dad made cinnamon toast, he would slather on the butter, (laughs) a tiny bit of cinnamon and like a ton of sugar, Sugar, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was always like, oh, I want dad's cinnamon toast. (laughs) You know, can dad make a cinnamon toast? So yeah, there there was a big difference between mom cooking and dad cooking. So Maybe he was the one that made it. Maybe. You know, and maybe that's why I was opening the jar. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I have this memory. So the answer is I'm not sure, but I'm positive that it would not go down well. Have you asked your dad? I haven't, but now I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to call him today and be like, Dad, did you feed me spam? spam. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know why. There would be such thing as spam. Well, um, to give you kind of a background, uh, do you know what spam is? It is. Uh, <laughs> it. My guess is that it is mushed up pork. Uh-huh. I think that yeah, yeah, yeah. is congealed mm-hmm. with some sort of like jelly substance at the top. <laughs> That's my. So I assume that it comes from like the 30s or 40s, like wartime yeah, is my guess. Yeah, it was World War II. Okay. World War II happened and they found a way, or rather they were looking at butchers. They were like, how are you guys making the sausages? So if, you, if you've if you ever seen someone make sausages or... Yes, which is also not very appetizing. It isn't. It isn't. <laughs> but they use a, a pink salt kind of, or a pink powder. And it, all it does is... When the protein has been, because um, whenever you mash protein, it loses like almost a third of that protein. The the um, the, uh, the the part that it makes it bind together, so it loses okay. that whenever you mash protein together. Uh, so they add this pink powder, the pink salt uh, on it. It's just a side chemical that will congeal it back together. So that congealing, that little stuff that you find atop of the, the can <laughs> uh-huh. that's <laughs> that's the process of what happened when you put it all together so essentially they made a sausage um inside that can and it lasts like two years okay. so that's what the whole thing is that's for world war ii they found a way to get these to the troops 
in the field and it'll last forever in these little tins. That's what spam um, became so popular. But uh, more so in the Philippines, though, because World War II happened within our area. Uh, when the when the when the troops from the states came over, they had all these cans, and we were like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is like pork! This is amazing! This is our favorite thing!" So now it became, uh, you know, a staple in the Filipino. Uh, oh, cuisine. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really bad for it is for okay. people in the I Philippines. Love spam. I love spam. <laughs> do you I do? Get, yeah, love it. Love it, love it, love it. You do. Okay. I do. Now, I'm like at a total <laughs> loss. Like my mind just blew up like, whoosh. Okay. Yeah. So how does one... Eat it? Yes. Or prepare it? Okay. So our, <laughs> most, um, our most common preparation... So once you make the rice, just, you know, cook it, put it in the, in the pot and everything. Um, you would then take slices after taking it out of the can, take a couple slices, put it in the pan, put a little oil, and you're going to crisp the hell out of it. Okay. On one side, you flip it, and then you're going to then take an egg, uh, put it on top, little scallions, soy sauce, call it a day. So it's, your, it's like your little mini bowl of goodness, I call it. Okay. So that's my, that's my earliest memory of spam. Okay. Okay, so a egg over easy? An egg over easy, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's, it'll look like it'll look like a bowl, the rice, spam on top of the rice, egg on top of the spam, scallions on top, soy sauce. Okay, interesting. Yeah, Very interesting. I give you a whole recipe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure I'm going to try it, but I will give it's it okay. I will give it some serious thought. Okay, so question. Do only Answer. Asian people have rice cookers? No. I feel but like it's that's most wrong. common. <laughs> <laughs> I never even heard of a rice cooker until I met my husband who oh, is yeah? half Asian. That I was mean. like, Uncle Ben, 30 seconds or whatever it is. Like, uh-huh. what's wrong with that? And he's like, oh no, <laughs> you have to use a rice cooker. <laughs> so now we use a rice cooker. Got you. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, unless you're Asian or Spanish, you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't really have rice. Yeah, unless you're white, white yeah. folks. White folks don't have rice cookers. <laughs> rice. <laughs> they don't. So. And when I say a rice cooker, it's like the Bentley of a rice cooker. Like what we have at the house, this thing can program to no end. It's great. Well, I've only ever seen one rice cooker, and it's the rice cooker I have in my kitchen right now. That was my Got husband's. So, Is that one a little clicky thing, right? You just click it down, and then it'll cook it. It does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's all you need. You don't need a fancy one. I just have yeah. the fancy one because I, you know, I bought it. <laughs> Unnecessary, <laughs> it on, but you know, it's you just, ha- home shopping network. You were up late. Um, okay, do you wash your rice? Yes. So it's the so here's the um, the most common conception. Okay. If it's jasmine rice, okay, that's half scented. You do not have to wash it. Okay. Okay. Um, but if it's a regular rice, just um, like brown rice or anything, you have to because there's a there's a little enzyme husk on the outside that you kind of want to wash out. Unless you want to eat it, that's fine. But it'll give you a grainy feeling in your mouth when you're eating it. Okay. So just a slight wash. So I had, again, never heard of washing rice before (laughs) until I met my husband. And I was like, what are you doing? What are Mm -hmm. you doing to that rice? (laughs) He's washing it. And he washed it. I had no idea. 
So. You should also ask him if he does the um, the Mount Kilimanjaro method on his hand. Wait, he's Chinese, right? He he's said? Chinese, yeah. So he might not do it, but there's a hand method. Ask him if there's a hand method that he does. Does what? he scoop the rice over and measure it in cups? He does. Okay. So he might not know it, but ask him anyway. I'm, I'm intrigued now. The Kilimanjaro method to measuring yeah, yeah, yeah. rice? So here's how here's how it looks like. Once okay. you put the rice in the, the rice cooker, right? Uh-huh. You're kind of washing it, getting the, right. the liquid out. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to put the liquid again, right? right? So you would put your hand on top of the rice and you fill it with water just... And you're going to cup it ever so slightly. So your hand looks like a... It has like a little V. Uh-huh. Kind of. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. And then once the rice touches the the bottom of your middle knuckle, Mount Kilimanjaro, that is the perfect... <laughs> that is the perfect amount of uh, water for your rice. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you Asian culture now, too. You are. are. This is fascinating. I'll have to ask him if that's what he does. I'm pretty sure he measures it, but... Maybe. Never know. I'm Japanese, too, so I. Uh, that's how we measure it. Okay. Very Well, oh, that's cool. what my grandmother used to say all the time. She's like, <laughs> Mount Kilimanjaro. I'm like, what? It's like, put your hand in there and just make sure you fill up with, with the water. It touches that one. Okay. Very interesting. Yes, I have to... I'm not as good edit but you know i'm just a a white girl you know my rice when i make it doesn't turn out the same even when i use the rice cooker so it's definitely Uh, two to one ratio two to one ratio two to one got it so forever for every or rather you know what don't even do that do one to one (laughs) ratio so one cup of rice one cup of water okay i think that's what i've been doing Mm -hmm. i think that's at the restaurant we do two to one because it gives you a slider puff. A slider puff. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you should try it. How many of you guys in the family, if you don't mind me asking? We have five. Oh, five my right now. Grief. Okay. So do you give them all rice? I do. I do. Not okay. not super often. Not super often. But all right. So we're, we're sort of a Brady Bunch um, Got it. situation. My youngest daughter is obsessed with rice. She loves rice, mm. rice and soy sauce. There you go. <laughs> she would eat that at every meal. Like when I'm making rice, like just plain white rice, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll be like, <gasps> it's like we're having rice. like ice cream or pizza for dinner. <laughs> She's like, <gasps> we're having rice, you know? Uh, and okay, so recently, this is a little off topic. Mm. I've been making a sushi bowl. Okay. For my husband and I, we had a date night, a date night in recently, and I made a mm. sushi bowl. And so it's like everything that would be in a sushi roll, kind you of, put it in a bowl. but it's in a bowl. So there's no like uh-huh. wrapping or seaweed or whatever like that. So it's a, just like rice and crab and shrimp and avocado and um, cucumber mm-hmm. with some spicy mayo. Sriracha that mayo sounds fun. And, mm-hmm. and then extra sriracha sauce and Ooh. soy sauce. It's awesome. It's it delicious. Awesome. It's delicious. So I make rice for that mm-hmm. um, probably at least once a month. Okay, so if, if, if I'm guessing, you probably do a three cup portion, right? Sort of, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the next time I want you to do it. Do the three cups of rice. And then do four and a quarter cups of water. Three and four and a quarter. Got it. I'm writing this down. And then mm-hmm. and then once it kind of clicks, I guarantee you that rice is phenomenal. 
Okay. Ooh, I'm going to outdo my husband on race. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah. tell him just yet, though. I'm going to be like, like oh, look at me. It's like, I did this. Like, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> look at the white girl now. She's making rice. <laughs> oh, my God. Brian, thank you so much. Like, I get it. All right. Thank you for giving me 55 of your minutes. I, I understand the concept of time, and I appreciate you coming on to the show. Yeah, I didn't even get to tell you my food analogy. No, let's do it right now. Okay, what is the food I'll analogy? sum it up real fast. Okay. So several years ago in marriage counseling, I had a therapist tell me that marriage is like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Ooh. And I was like, well, yeah, of course, obviously. <laughs> Which I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, what? Why? Well, how is it like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? So here's the premise. So... If you think about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and how you make it, you start with Mm. two pieces and one side has creamy Peter Pan peanut butter because that's the only brand that I would recommend. Oh, not the chunky stuff? No, God forbid. Oh my goodness, No, no chunky. Stop that. That's wrong. (laughs) It's wrong. Creamy, creamy, creamy. Okay, I'm sorry, creamy. Creamy peanut butter. This is my analogy. Okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So one side has creamy Peter Pan peanut butter on it. Okay. The other side has grape jam. Ooh. Because jelly, I know it's peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but jelly is Mm. a waste of space. Jam is the way to go. Mm-hmm. But it just ha- it doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got your two pieces. So they're very different. And those represent the, the different people. So one represents you, one represents your spouse. So in my scenario, mm-hmm. I'm the peanut butter side because mm-hmm. I love peanut butter. <laughs> um, and I'm kind of salty. <laughs> so, Ooh, um, you and me both. Okay, so you've got these two pieces. One piece has the peanut butter, one piece has the jam. And then they get smushed together in mm-hmm. marriage. Okay? And it's Got it. and it and it represents all like the glory and the messiness of marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, when two people come to the end, the sad end of their marriage, they and decide to divorce they are they are no longer the way they were when they started. Mm. They are no longer just peanut butter and just jelly. Mm-hmm. Much like how you cannot ever totally separate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like if you've ever tried to pull that apart. Oh, it's a no-go. It's a total no-go. You're going to have peanut butter on the jelly and you're going to have jelly on the peanut butter side, right? Mm. So you can never again have just purely peanut butter or purely jelly. You're forever going to have a mix. And Mm. that's how it is after a divorce. Like you've been smushed together with someone. When you try to separate, you're going to have some residue, right? Mm. You're going to have some residue from the years that you were married. You're going to have some residue, just call it baggage, whatever you want to call it. Got it, got it, got it. But it's it's residue. Um, But lots of people... When they when they think about divorce or, or post divorce, they want to think that no, I'm still I'm still just me. I'm still just mm. peanut butter, you know, and and his jelly can't affect me anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not that's not reality, you know. And they and so part of what I do, I'm I'm a divorce life recovery coach. I'm a divorce recovery life coach. Mm-hmm. So part of what I do is helping people embrace the residue, 
Like if you're peanut butter and you've got some jelly on you, you're going to have to just live with it. You know, maybe that jelly, maybe that residue is children. You know, maybe you have children from your marriage. Maybe it's just baggage. You know, it's hurts Mm -hmm. and wounds that you have and you're never going to just be peanut butter again. Like it or not. Sorry, that ship has sailed. (laughs) You know, you're never going to be just peanut butter, but that doesn't mean that the peanut butter and jelly that you are now can't be wonderful, you know? So how do you embrace, how do you recover and and embrace the residue? So that's kind of what I do. I'm like a 12 step program for divorcees. Perfect. (laughs) So that's my food analogy for you. Thank you. I, I love the peanut butter and jelly thing, but crunchy on this side. <laughs> strongly, strongly disagree. <laughs> I think fact, it's the, um, I was just saying, I think it's the texture that I crave more than the actual peanut butter. Okay. See, and I, I see, that's my problem though with coconut. I love. Oh, no, no, I, do not say it. I am do going not. to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I love the flavor of coconut, but it feels like fingernails. Like I've been dried fingernail in my mouth and I don't like the texture. So like, I feel like with crunchy peanut butter, like what's in this that's not supposed to be here? Like, what am I (laughs) biting into? Like what? You're biting into the peanuts. (laughs) Found their way into my peanut butter. Yeah. It just seems wrong to me. So (laughs) <laughs> wow. You just said no to coconut. Oh no. I know. I struggle. I, I love the flavor. Like uh coconut flavored snow cones are my favorite. That's what wow. I that's just, what I you like. You can't do the texture. I just cannot handle the texture of it. I just don't I feel like I wanna like what's in my mouth? Like I've got a I've got something in my mouth, I've got to pull it out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So. I love I love coconut. I love, love, love. <laughs> Much like the crunchy peanut butter. All right, fine. You can have crunchy. Okay. You can be it's crunchy okay. peanut butter. That's all right. No, we're, we're two different halves. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brian, I appreciate you. All right. Thank you so much for being on. But if you don't mind, can you just tell them where they can find you one more time and your kind yes. of info and stuff? Yes. So the Happy Mama Village podcast. And you can find us at www.thehappymamavillage.com. You can also find me uh, and my life coaching business at Rebuilding with Brian. And Brian is spelled B-R-Y-A-N-N. So two N's. It's kind of tricked up at the end. My parents (laughs) got fancy (laughs) with the name. So rebuildingwithbrian.com. I I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was like tons of fun. I love it. It it is super fun. I love love talking food with with anyone because one, it's my passion. Two, it just gives me a little bit of a better peek in what people eat and um, how you don't like crunchy peanut butter. That's a sin. But you know, it's (laughs) It's whatever. It's okay. People go straight to hell for (laughs) crunchy peanut butter. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I'll make sure uh, to put uh, Miss Brian's stuff all the way into the info so you guys can find her and into the notes and everything. But uh, Chef Meals uh, airs every Monday where I call it live in a restaurant where my sous chef and I talk about our happenings on our business on a weekly basis. And then Chef's Meal on Thursdays where you can find this amazing person and her all her good stuff. But most importantly, though, uh, Rebuilding with Brian, B R Y A N N. 
um, of tarth.com. But you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Other than that, guys, thank you so much and have a good day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chef's Meal, where we talk about whatever and never and everything else in between. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.